the pre-med year, session number 331. Hello and welcome to the three-time Academy Award-nominated podcast, The Pre-Med Years, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. Welcome to The Pre-Med Years. Thank you for taking the time to join me today. I'm excited to talk to you today all by myself. I don't have a guest today, and I'm going to have a discussion with you about what you should be doing right now to prepare for your applications. Now, you may be a freshman in college or even in high school, maybe not in high school, but a freshman in college, and what I'll talk about today will still be applicable to you. Obviously, if you're getting ready to apply to medical school, right, you're planning on applying in May or June of this year, whatever year you're listening to this, then this one will be a little bit more applicable to you. But listening to this the year before you apply, two years before you apply, will still be helpful to get you in the mindset of what you should be thinking about all along. Now, I've tried to narrow down this discussion to four things that you should be doing, four things that I see as common mistakes that students make as they are going through this process. If you are looking for some help with your applications, I have partnered up with Next Step Test Prep. Now, I do one-on-one coaching with students, and a lot of you want to work with me, and that's awesome. But I'm only one person, and I made a decision a while ago that I don't want to build, uh, at least at this point, a team of advisors to help me do interviews and read personal statements and do coaching and stuff like that. And so I partnered with Next Step Test Prep to handle a lot of you who want to work with somebody but maybe necessarily can't work directly with me. And so if you are looking for some help with your essays, with your interviews, or anything else, you can go over to nextsteptestprep.com and check out their new admissions services. And you can save some money on those admission services using the same promo code we always use, MS. HQ will help you save some money there. And that is a an affiliate link. I do get a little commission if you use that link. So uh, go check them out if that's something you have been thinking about. Let's go ahead and dive into our discussion today. It'll probably be a little bit shorter of a discussion as I try to really hone in on the most important things that you should be thinking about with your applications. Now, one of the first things as you go through this process, and this is very, very important if you are a freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, wherever you are in the process, is thinking about your letters of recommendations. Now, depending on where you go to school, your pre-health advising office may have requirements for letters of recommendations. So if you are at a school that uses a committee letter I would go and talk to your advisors, right? You should always be plugged in with your advisors at your school first and find out from them if they're going to write you a committee letter, what letters of recommendations they require, okay? Find out from them what letters of recommendations they require. 
After that, you need to understand kind of the general rule of thumb. If you're not going to use your pre-health office, maybe they don't write a committee letter, you need to understand some of the quote-unquote requirements for each school. Now, the general rule of thumb is two science and one non-science professor, right? General rule of thumb. Those are the, the letters that you should be shooting for in general. Yep. I would probably add a physician into that mix as well for an extra one. Students ask if they should get a letter of recommendation from a patient who wants to write a letter. I wouldn't go that far. Students ask if you should get a letter from like a nursing manager. I wouldn't go that far. Two science, one non-science, a physician you've shadowed. Now, if you are applying to an osteopathic medical school, a lot of them will have in their language that they strongly recommend a letter of recommendation from an osteopathic physician. Some of them will require it and strongly recommend I read as required. So I would, if you are struggling to find an osteopathic physician to shadow, I wouldn't not apply to osteopathic schools. A lot of students will be like, I can't apply to DO schools because I haven't shadowed a DO. False, right? Shh. Go ahead and apply and continue to look for an osteopathic physician to shadow. If you continue to struggle, then maybe the, the school will be like, hey, we want to interview you. This has happened to a student I know. We want to interview you, but we want you to go shadow a an osteopathic physician. And then you have that dialogue that is now open to say, I've been trying what do you recommend? Do you know anybody in my area? Blah, 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 right? I'm willing to travel. You never want to turn down an interview. I'm willing to travel to go get uh, some shadowing. Now, hopefully a, a new project we're starting here at the medical school headquarters is a new website called findshadowing.com. I wanted shadowing.com, but they wanted $29,000 for that domain name. And so I'm like, I'm going to go with findshadowing.com. And we uh, just hired someone full-time to do outreach to physicians to get them into our database so that we can then open it up to you as a student to say, hey, I live in uh, zip code 12345 and I'm looking for a, a dermatologist with XYZ availability and let me see what's available, All right? We're hoping that we can build the only place that you can go and find shadowing easily, right? To log on to a website, have an account, log on to a website and, and find shadowing and send a request to that physician to say, hey, Dr. Smith, I'm interested in shadowing you. What do you say, right? That is our goal with findshadowing.com. And so if you have shadowed a physician, have a conversation with him or her to say, hey, I, I know of a, uh, of a guy, this, this amazing, wonderful Dr. Ryan Gray who's starting up a new service for pre-meds uh, and they're looking for physicians to add into a database. Would you be willing and send them to findshadowing.com? There's a link that physicians can use to, to sign up and enter their information. Uh, our goal with it is to kind of put some some protections in for the physician so they're not overwhelmed with 100 student requests the first day it's open. Uh, so we'll, we'll figure all of that out as we go. It'll be a free service. We're thinking about potential 
value adds to where if you want to to maybe sign up to be the next person to request, maybe there's a, a small charge to hold your place. But other than than some small things like that, it'll be a free service to use for you guys. So that's findshadowing.com. So letters of recommendations, total uh, sidebar from that uh, from that conversation, letters of recommendations. So two science, one non-science, general rule of thumb, physician letter, obviously, if you can get one, get one uh, just to have and a DO letter, if you can get one, great if you're applying to DO schools. If you can't get one, still apply to DO schools and, and let them tell you, nope, we, you have to 100%. And then if they do put your feet to the fire, hopefully you'll figure something out to, to do that. So letters of recommendations. If you are a non-traditional student and you haven't been in your undergrad in many, many years and you've taken a post back recently and, and it's easy for you to get science letters of recommendations because you have been taking your science prereqs and a post back. Great. What about that non-science? Here's what I would recommend you do. Go through your school list, right? Try to figure out the, the schools that you're most likely to apply to and give them a call and say, hey, I'm applying this year. I'm a non-traditional student. I haven't been in my undergrad classes with non-science professors. I see that it's a requirement for your school. Uh, can I use a work supervisor instead? Can I use a whatever, right? Find and, and have those discussions with the schools, with the admissions committees, and see if they are willing to to alter their requirements to fit you as a non-traditional student. If they will not, that is a very good sign that they just aren't very friendly to non-traditional students. So just go, okay, thank you, and be happy that you now know that. Okay? So that's a good thing to do. Open up those discussions, have those conversations. Now, if you are earlier on in the process, you're maybe a sophomore or a junior, a lot of students struggle with how to ask for letters of recommendations. Now, one thing that you want to clearly, clearly do 100% is ask for a strong letter of recommendation. That is what you want to ask for. Okay? When you do that, at the end of your class, where you have had very little interaction with a physician, but hey, you got an A, or not with a physician, with a professor, but hey, you got an A, that is not probably the best way to go about it. It's not just about getting an A. It's about that connection with that professor, the relationship that you've built. Hopefully they've learned who you are and you've had conversations with him or her. You have to have that relationship. And so I recommend as you are starting a course, you go to the professor, maybe you go to office hours, whatever it may be, introduce yourself, let them know that you are pre-med, let them know that you would potentially, uh, you will potentially be asking for a letter of recommendation at the end of the course, right? You're not asking for one at the beginning. You're saying, hey, I might be asking for a letter of recommendation from you. Number one, is that something you do? Number two, uh, if, if you do do it, what sort of things are you expecting from me so that I can get a strong letter of recommendation from you? You're setting those expectations. I am a huge fan of setting expectations. So you go to the professor and say, hey, in a couple of months when the class is done, I'd love to come and ask you, uh, ask you for a letter of recommendation. What can I be doing to get a good one from you? Right? Set those expectations. That's how you get good letters of recommendations. So if you are 
applying early on, one of the services that I've always recommended is Interfolio. Now I'm in the process of uh, doing some, some digging and searching to see if we can, here at Medical School Headquarters, MedEd Media, if we can create something that is easier to use, is more directed towards pre-health students, a site that will give you more information about letters of recommendations, uh, a site that you can log on to and it'll give you more information about letters of recommendations and how to ask for them and who to ask and what school requirements are and where you can upload all of your letters and we will then uh, interact with the uh, application services to get that data into your application. We're in the process of, of starting to look through that right now. If you have any feedback, if, you've, if you have used Interfolio, if you have any feedback on a letter of recommendation service like what we're talking about, what I'm talking about, I would love for your email, ryan at medicalschoolhq.net with the uh, subject LOR service feedback or something like that, right? Just let me know that you're emailing me about something like that, all right? So that's letters of recommendations. You should be, if you're not applying this year, you should be thinking about letters of recommendations, getting those stored, asking for them, getting them ready to go. If you are applying this year, you should be asking for these as soon as possible. I recommend January, February. You don't want to wait till the last minute because you don't want a letter to hold your application up from being complete. I've heard horror stories of students waiting on a specific letter that they needed, they had to have, and the the professor didn't turn it in until like September, right? And then the application's complete in September. It's getting it's getting later. Right? And you want to apply as early as possible because of rolling admissions. All right. Letters of recommendations. That's one thing you should be doing right now to prepare for your applications. The second thing that you should be doing right now to start preparing for your applications, and again, this fits for if you're applying this year or you're not, is start thinking through your personal statement and extracurriculars. Now, obviously, if you're applying this year, you want to start writing drafts. If you're applying next year or year after, you don't need to start writing drafts. You just need to start thinking through it. Personal statement and extracurriculars take a lot longer to write than students expect. So you have to take your time to go through it to do it well. If you are early on in this process, you're not applying for a couple years, one of the most important things you can be doing right now with your extracurriculars is journaling everything. Now again, it's another service that we're thinking about creating here. It's a, a service that will allow you to track all of this stuff online, uh, but you can use good old pen and paper and track all of your extracurriculars. Every time you leave uh, a shadowing experience, a clinical experience, whatever it may be, journal journal, journal, journal it, right? Write it down. What did that experience mean to you? What did you do? How did it make you feel? All of the good stuff, right? And you're, I'm not as worried about tracking hours and all that stuff, which you need as well. I'm more worried about the emotional side of things so that when it comes to writing your extracurriculars and your personal statement, you have these feelings to draw upon when it comes to writing your, your application now. So that's what you should be doing early on. If you are applying this year, as you're listening to this, you should already be writing drafts of your personal statement. If you need help with your personal statement, I have a book about it, right? The, the Pre-Med Playbook Guide to the Medical School Personal Statement. 
I have a video course that includes access to office hours every other week where I look at personal statements and give feedback. You can check that out as well. If you're struggling writing your personal statement, which most students do, check out my book, check out my course. If you need more one-on-one help, check out personal statement editing that I offer or you can use through Next Step as well. Okay? There are lots of ways to get help out there on your personal statement, but you really need to just start thinking through the process of what you want to say in your personal statement. And remember, the personal statement is all about why do you want to be a physician, not what type of physician you want to be, but why do you want to be one? It's not why do you think you're going to be a great one? It's not why do you think you have the skills necessary to be a great communicator and be empathic and all of that fun stuff. It's why do you want to be a physician? Okay, That's the most important question that you are answering in your personal statement. Extracurriculars are hard to write. It's hard to write a story. It's, it's hard to write something meaningful and impactful in 700 characters or 600 for AMCAS or 300. It's impossible to do it in 300 for TMDSAS. But 700 characters, what you get? Can you tell a story? I know you can because that's what I tell students to do when they're working with me. Tell a story. And they do. It's hard, but it takes time. I don't have a book right now that talks about extracurriculars. I am working on an application book that will have examples of extracurriculars, good and bad. And so if you're not applying for a little while, hopefully that book will be out and available for you. So start working on your personal statement. Start working on your extracurriculars. You, you need to go through many, many drafts of, of those things to make sure that you are submitting the best possible story to shape who you are as a person, as an applicant. All right, number three on what you should be doing right now to prepare for your application. Again, it, it works for if you're two years out from applying or four years out from applying, is you need to continue to maintain your GPA. Way too often I talk to students who are in the middle of applications, writing their personal statement, writing their extracurriculars, focusing on secondaries, and all of a sudden I get an email out of the blue saying, oh my gosh, I got a C in my whatever class. You don't want to have to overcome struggles in your GPA because you are focusing too much on one thing and not another. The application process is a huge balancing act, making sure that you can do it all and do it all well. A lot of students are taking gap years now so that they don't have to do it all. They they understand that this is a hard process to do it all and do it all well. And so a lot of students are purposefully taking a gap year so that they don't have to take their MCAT during a normal time frame, They can take it after the majority of their classes are done, or maybe they take it after they graduate and then apply when they don't have to take the MCAT. They, don't, uh, they aren't taking classes. So you really, really, really need to keep up with your MCAT and GPA. Those stats are very important. It's not the only thing to your application, but they are very important. And the most important thing is if they are really bad, then that hurts you a bunch. If they're really good, Okay, it's not a ton better than uh, average stats. Uh, I was talking to an admissions committee, a, a new dean of admissions at a medical school, and, and she's like, they brought me in because I 
do holistic reviews. And our goal here at this medical school is to stop focusing so much on stats. I said, thank you, hallelujah, right? That's important. So, but, but, right, and they are still very important. You still need good enough stats. You still need a good enough GPA, good enough MCAT. Don't let those things slip. Don't let focusing too much on writing your personal statement hurt you in preparing for a test that is going to drop your grade. That will not play out well, right? That downward trend, if you're getting bad grades near the end of school versus the beginning is a completely different story to the admissions committee. So don't let that happen. Another thing that you should be focusing on, right? The fourth and final thing here that you should be focusing on, that you should be doing right now to prepare for your application is getting ready for secondaries. Now, this is something that a lot of students don't understand this whole process, the primary application, the secondary application. Once you submit your primary application, depending on when you submit it, medical schools are going to send you secondary applications. Most medical schools will send you a secondary application regardless of your stats. If you are applying to Harvard, and, and this is just off the top of my head, I don't actually know if Harvard screens or not. If you are applying to Harvard with a 2.0 GPA and a 480 MCAT score, if they don't screen, they'll still send you a secondary application and say, hey, thank you for your interest in Harvard. Here, here's the application and here's where you send the money because that's what they want. They want the money. And so you, you really have to be prepared for this process. If you're applying to 20 or 30 or 40 schools, know that each school is going to send you a secondary application. The majority of them are going to send you a secondary application that includes two, three, four, five more essays on all of those. And so as soon as you are done with your primary application or even before, you need to start thinking about those secondary applications. And they're important. I talked to one dean of admissions at a very well-known medical school where you may or may not have to pay tuition now. Uh, and, and he said, look, he's like, most personal statements are written very poorly. And this is when I was in the middle of writing mine and, and asking for some recommendations on it. Uh, and so hopefully my book will help that. Uh, but he's like, most most personal statements are written poorly. And you, we as a school, we look at secondary essays more because the, the personal statements are just bad. So secondary essays are important. And so don't don't focus all your time on the primary application and skimp on the secondary thinking, oh, my, my personal statement's killer. My, my secondary applications don't really matter. They do, they do matter. Okay? So you gotta focus on those as well. And we finally, 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 after years have secondaryapps.com where we have a whole secondary essay database on our website now. And we're working on some more uh, tools for it, some more videos to help you explain how to answer specific types of questions. All of that stuff will come in the near future. But secondaryapps.com will give you an idea. We have every school in there. If there's something you see that's wrong or maybe updated, there's a, a link in there to send us those updates as well. Uh, but the more majority of schools don't update their essay prompts every year. And so what you see in there is likely what you're going to get. And so start thinking through stories that may answer the questions that they are asking. Start thinking about who you are as a person and your journey and why you want to go to specific schools. Because those are the questions that they're going to ask that you're going to have to fill out. And as much as you can, as best as you can, have all of your secondary essays done 
by the time you get them from the schools. That way you can just copy and paste and be done with it. That is ideal. Again, for students who are listening to this who are still a year or two or three away from applying, go to secondaryapps.com, start browsing around at some of maybe the schools that you are interested in, and just see the types of questions that they ask so that you can start thinking through this stuff now. Maybe they're asking something, and you're like, well, I don't have any experience with that. Maybe I should go do that. A super common question that gets asked in interviews and on secondary essays is, is tell me a time when you've advocated for somebody who's not like you, right? Somebody different than yourself. And you're like, well, well, I don't think I ever have. Well, let me go try it, right? And maybe it leads to something that changes your life. So start looking at those. All of these things that we talked about today, if you're applying this year or not, are applicable to wherever you are in the process. So we talked about a lot of things. We talked about our find shadowing website. We talked about a lot of tools that we're, we're building here or we want to build here. Uh, we talked about our find shadowing website for letters of recommendations, obviously, from, from physicians that you shadow. We talked about our new kind of uh, letter of recommendation service that we're hoping to build out here. So if you have any feedback on that, let me know. Ryan at medicalschoolhq.net. For personal statements and extracurriculars, go get my personal statement book. It's like 13 bucks on Amazon. Barnes & Noble has it too. Go check them out wherever you buy your books. The Pre-Med Playbook Guide to the Medical School Personal Statement. It will help you write your personal statement. If you need more help, we have our video course that gives you some access to me as well through office hours where you can ask questions and get answers. Um, and if you need more personalized help, we do one-on-one -on -one as well. MCAT, GPA, super important. Keep those up as best as possible. Don't get overwhelmed with everything else that you let your grades or your MCAT score start to slip. And then for secondaries, our new secondary essay database, secondaryapps.com. Even if you are not applying this year, go check it out. Go browse around and see the types of things that are being asked of you when it comes to writing your secondaries. If you have any thoughts on our podcast today, shoot me an email, ryan at medicalschoolhq.net. I would love for you to screenshot this and share it on social media. Let people know why they should be listening to maybe this podcast or this specific episode. I appreciate you for taking the time to listen today, to take some time out of your busy schedule and listen to what I have to say. Hope you got a lot of great value out of it. I think I'm going to be back next week with another solo episode talking about uh, some other important things when it comes to the application process. So I hope you have a great week. I'll see you next time here on The Pre-Mid Years. 